Hey guys, welcome to 12 Questions. Whoop, whoop. My name is Anna Valenzuela and I am very excited. I've got a dog click clacking behind me because he wants to make my editing challenging. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited for our show today. I am joined here uh, by Mr. Dave COVID Free Yates. Ah, well, we don't have the results yet. So uh, Dave in limbo COVID Yates. <laughs> Send out all your good prayers and thoughts for Dave and his lungs. Uh, Dave, do you uh, mind reading us that beautiful clarity statement you wrote? Sure can. Welcome to 12 Questions Podcast. This is a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions Pod has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs drugs or alcohol by anyone. We are simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview guests about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. And we only hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening. Yay! I always feels so good when I hear that. Now, we always let our guests introduce themselves just in case they want to like be really incognito because there's some like just straight up 12-step humans on this podcast. Who are we mm. speaking with today? Uh, Mike Anthony, uh, COVID-free, AIDS-free, uh, no, no herpes. I'm clean as fuck. So Hell yeah. I got the I got the stick. I ain't got the stick on my camera or whatever, so you can see me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. There is, um, the, I think the COVID test is the new STD test. And it's also... The COVID talk, like trying to explain to people, I've been doing occasional live shows here in LA and explaining to people that I cannot hug them. Mm -hmm. I will not hug you. And they're just mm -hmm. like, but I want, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not going to raw dog your affection. And have you had the COVID test? Uh, three times. I'm, uh, I'm going to sign up for a fourth. Yeah. Off through the nose or did you do a cheek swipe? I've done nose, cheek, and two cheek swipes. Uh, the nose feels like an assault. Yeah, definitely, definitely in violation. Yeah, and they did yeah. two, they did my cheek too, but I think they was doing it wrong. I think they did my ass cheek, so yeah, <laughs> I think that was the wrong cheek. That, I think that, that cost that cost extra. That was a different test. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen uh, Borat two yet? I have. I have not seen Borat run. <laughs> Mike. Nah, I haven't. Nah, t tell me about it. I mean, Mike. Treat yourself. We're going to get All into right. these questions in a second, but if there's one Treat thing, I can, give yourself a double feature. And remember that the context of the first Borat movie is we'd never seen anything like that before. Okay. So when we were in the theaters, we were like ah, freaking out mm -hmm. and then watch the second one. It's okay. low key, brilliant and amazing. Okay. So now that you said it, I'll, I'll try to give it a touch because it's always some other white dudes that love Big Bang and a lot of other corny white shit. I'm like, I can't get, no, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm sorry. And, and if y'all haven't guessed, uh, Mike is an Indian fellow. Uh... My parents upset. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I got 20 minutes on that. <laughs> I love it. Well, all right, let's get into these questions. Mike, you're fantastic. Uh, we've been chatting, you know, just warming up here for a few minutes. I feel like we're already BFFs. Um, 
what is your experience of surrender? Mm, uh, it's, um, it's been well. It's been good. It's actually very humbling because, I mean, like David and probably yourself as a comedian, like there's been times where you, you always want to get the last word. You want to jump on somebody, somebody you feel like you're kind of being attacked. And, you know, you know we was talking about being from Midwest someone always say some shit, you don't let them get away with that. You you have to snap back. So I know in some of with, with me with surrendering, I know that some things I need to refrain from saying because it's not coming from a good place. It's coming from a malicious place. I'm trying to be evil about it. So, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes if it's not just being funny, just being mean and just trying to get the last word. So I'm definitely happy with that because I've, duck so many situations where things could go to went completely left or we would have just kept on just funking with each other and there's no reason for me to do that so on a, on a, almost on a daily basis I'm, I'm constantly surrendering i surrendered that david didn't text me back right away so i'm su- constantly surrendering i'm surrendering all the time you know i'm never in, used to it <laughs> i'm constantly surrendering yeah so yeah i mean that's what dave always told me and that you know because that shit was humbling. And all you're doing is just fighting with yourself. You know, you're putting yeah. all those expectations out in the world. And all you're doing is just upset with yourself. None of these people realize what's what's up with you. Like, just today, early in this thread, I surrendered by um, not commenting on somebody because I'm in a group with a couple other comics that are all in recovery. And I had just moved. You know, I just moved from mm-hmm. L.A. back to St. Louis. And I was like, yo, I need some help moving. And none of the motherfuckers responded. And just to lay somebody say, hey, I need help with moving. And one person, I'll be there. I'm like, fuck off. I was going to text him, go in. And so I'm like, none of you niggas help me fucking move. I'm not helping y'all move. The reason I'm not going to help y'all move, because back two months ago and I'm holding resentments and I'm petty. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't do that. I was like, you know, I felt I, I, I pet myself on the back. for like, you know what? Let's be grown up. Let's be in a grown up for us. So let's surrender for being a fucking asshole. Let's, I- yeah. I real talk like I'm impressed by that because I would just would have texted back like wow <laughs> and just and not- I had the memes I I had the memes I did I was like oh word that's what we doing that's what we doing bitch we go oh, okay no y'all moving you just know that y'all didn't come through and pull up to help me move okay all right I see what it is so yeah. yeah. That and what that boils down to for me sometimes is having unrealistic expectations of the people around me, especially yeah. if they also happen to be in recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how many times uh, a week I have to repeat that just because Dave would do it this way doesn't mean anybody else is going to do it this way, right? You know, so yeah, when I um, first because I had 12 years when I started doing comedy, and mm, when nice. When I started doing comedy, it was interesting because I felt like my recovery was a little contagious. Like a bunch of people that I knew suddenly that were kind of gravitating towards me as as friends and coworkers, they were um, they were suddenly surrendering and going into programs. And I remember calling my sponsor and being like, "I cannot believe this person is acting this way toward me." And she said, "Babe, you are a teenager slamming doors right now." You're thinking about getting your learner's permit. You're trying not to get grounded. They are babies not even out of diapers. So you just got to like let them have their diapers. Like you you can't expect people to – and not that like time equals recovery, but it's – it like 
doesn't hurt and it also is like those expectations like at some point everybody catches up to each other it really doesn't matter but like the especially in those early years expecting somebody to fully understand you know communication and boundaries is just almost impossible right i mean that's what they say in the in the program is that you know you got to also understand and realize these people are emotionally and spiritually sick so once you constantly remember that and remember like oh these motherfuckers are sick i'm gonna pray for them two weeks I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to just go pray for them that they get it. And I'm going to pray for myself. And I'll hopefully I just get this serenity and I'll just yeah. keep it pushing. And within two weeks, you've done forgotten. Your resentment is gone, hopefully. Exactly. I was always told the prayer is I pray that they get everything that they deserve. Yep. <laughs> hope they get every. I, hope, I pray they uh, I pray that they get serenity and I hope they get everything they deserve and want. Yes. That's everything they deserve. They deserve and they want and do that for two weeks. And I did that a few times. And by like the fourth day, I don't forgot what I was who who, who I had the resentment for. And there's been plenty of times, you know, I keep I keep that book, that page number 552. (laughs) That's that's what it is. 552. Go ahead and just, you know, I'm starting to try to know the book like that. So, yeah, just pray for him. Pray for him. I love it. So, Mike, what would you say uh, is the most insane moment you've had, either pre-recovery, during recovery? What's an insane moment that you've had in your journey? Um, I would probably say this is probably like before recovery, but right now I'm thinking in hindsight about it is when my mother passed away. She died uh, four years ago, and her birthday was just yesterday. So, I mean, some of you guys probably could identify with losing someone that you love and then their birthday comes or Mother's Day or some of these celebrations that's constantly reminded you what was going on. And like I said, and um, I remember when it happened, I was in LA, I was doing some work and then it, they told me, I heard about it on Sunday and I flew in that night and I got in to St. Louis and it seemed like she just held on before once I got there, then she passed and I just saw it. And, you know, it's always surreal moments. You see people looking out into the sky and you see them seem like they're opening up the gate or wherever they're going. They see somebody to come bring them home. And I got to witness that. And, you know, I'm just, you know, self-medicating, drinking, smoking and everything. And going through recovery now, I low-key, I robbed her of mourning the way I should have. You know, like now, I mean, I still have my father, but I know, I mean, I plan on staying sober so I could actually give my father that morning and actually be present because I wasn't present at all. I wasn't present. I wasn't coherent. There was things just going on that that was happening. People was making a, a business. They was making arrangements that I was just not present for. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't present for her passing i wasn't present but immediately that's why i love comedy that day after she passed i went up the next day and then got up and started performing i didn't talk about it i didn't talk about that for like years until i started really feeling that comfortable but i immediately jumped on stage right on and just kept on pushing but yeah that was just one of one of the most really horrific deals that i had to deal with that and you know that's always and that was always a great reason to continue getting fucked up because that was another reason why i even went even deeper into my drinking and using because i was i was hurt my mom's gone i'm a mother's baby you know and you know that was just a great excuse yeah and i realized that there's no excuse nowadays there's no reason to you know but you gotta go through it to get through it 
Yeah, my my roommate and I, I've lost my dad and my mom. My mom suddenly, my dad over a long period of time, and my roommate and I were talking about how, like, it's almost essential in our, per- like, deep personal relationships that somebody has lost somebody like that because it gives you a different understanding. And I, when you said that thing about not being present, I was hung over as a motherfucker at my dad's funeral. And it was really the only coping tools I had for that moment. It's just so big. You yep. know, it's just so big. And we're just not part of the reason why we use is we just don't have coping mechanisms, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. if you've been drinking and smoking since you was 13, like me, that's all I know. That's all I know is smoking weed. I mean, I'm going to smoke some weed. I'm going to do I'm going to do some coke. I'm going to do some shrimp. I'm going to do whatever to numb this feeling. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just numb this out. And then hindsight, you wake up. It's still the same problem. Yeah. So you just get fucked up again. So you just keep repeating that deadly process. Yeah. yeah, I usually tell I usually tell people that drugs and alcohol are like duct tape. Like you can fix a lot of shit with duct tape, but it's not going to stay fixed. Like it's going to break down mm-hmm. eventually. Like you can like you can tow a car with duct tape, but eventually that tape's going to break down. Definitely not a good so, idea. <laughs> definitely no. not, definitely not a good idea. I mean, you could do it, but just you know. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a Saturn SL2 for my first few years of recovery. And I assure you, duct tape, <laughs> it was 85% duct tape when I totaled it. So right, right. <laughs> I was using duct tape, Elmer's glue, paste. I was like, these are none of these things is going to, it's not going to hold up. It's not going to hold up. It's good for the next 45 minutes. You know, it's good for the next hour, but it's not going to last tomorrow. You know, and, and I love your commitment of being there for like for your dad and, and I will say having crossed that bridge twice, once mm-hmm. in recovery and once out of recovery, it's a completely, you still have to do the grief work. It's still fucking hard. Yeah. Um, and it, but it'll be a different adventure. And there have been so many times where I've been able to make amends to my dad right. and not being present to that. And um, just through the way I live and like, yeah. you know, it's, it's such a beautiful tribute. And yeah, I got some, I got some time for an old man gets, uh, gets sick. Cause my mom passed away from cancer. My pops, he's been through the war. He went to Vietnam. He's been smoking squares. He, I stole weed from him. He's been through, he's lived a life. He's actually, I just took him to the airport. He got a little girlfriend, Mrs. Phyllis. He's in North Carolina getting some, getting some pussy right now. So I'm glad my father is still doing his thing you know yes. so you know you know he's one of them old ass dudes if 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 the war if charlie didn't kill me COVID ain't gonna kill me. he wanted those i'm like all right pop still wear your mask and wear your condom i love you i'll see you when you get back so he's you know so when that time comes you know i i've definitely plan on being sober but as of now i still have my father thinking so i'm grateful that. of that because i know a lot of friends that don't have their fathers or Having some of them, a good friend of mine is right now. His father's going through Alzheimer's. So, jeez, with everything going on in your life right now, and like your recovery experience, how do you make decisions today? Oh, um, just that, just that. I check in with people like you, and I check in with Dave, and like, because we're still fucking crazy. We mm-hmm. also need to have someone to give us that great buffer, and someone yeah. that's been around a little bit and then you know just like you talk to your homegirls or your homeboy like yo is this am i tripping or is this legit or this how i how i should go ahead and move through this situation so i get up and before i do anything before i look at the big butts on instagram i pray and i meditate and i get my mind ready before i start go out into the world because the world's gonna hit me with some kind of fuck shit. yeah so i need to get myself mentally 
prepared for whatever is going to go on. So I need to get that serenity. I pray for a little bit. I meditate. I work out. And then I'm like, get that zen. Zen as fuck right now. And go out and be like, all right, let's go out and see what the world has to offer. And then when something, you know, if if, if someone's trying to cut me off, and I'm going to just let you go. I'm going to let you pass right now. Because there was a time where I'm like, oh, no, you should have left early. You ain't going to get in front of me. I'm like, what are we racing for? <laughs> what are we racing for? We're not racing for nothing, you know, and I'm not going to tear up my car and put duct tape on it. Let me just go ahead and let you in. I'm going to let you just go ahead. I mean, yeah, I just live life and it's so different. I have a new lease on life with this program. I have a new nice. lease on life. So we have making decisions. If, if like Biggie Small said, if your heart ain't in it, don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When your heart's in it, you know, and if, if you feel a certain way about something, you know, Talk to a couple of people, you know, have your have your Libra scales and just see like, oh, I should do it and weigh out the benefits and weigh out the pros and cons and just just move. I love that. Yeah, I allow myself to honk like a motherfucker in the car. Like I still I won't. Yeah, dude, I he that's my that's, that's that's the place I allow myself to be a fucking cunt. OK, and, I used and, to be I, like that. I would follow people. I would follow, lay on yeah. the horn. I'm like, I'm not well, that dude yeah. anymore. I can't. Well, I'm not. I'm not a spiritual giant like you. You know, fucking. I'm, <laughs> I, I don't got a pure, spiritual protein in my shaker. You know, like I'm not fucking. You know. You know what I do, Dave? Is I just imagine that inside the car, the person driving is a uh, like like a baby, like a little baby person that just needs a hug. Like they didn't get hugged enough when they were children. So I just think go. to myself, I'm like, oh, you didn't get a hug today. And you're Poor sad. You. <laughs> I, you imagine, I, like I that. imagine, I imagine that no matter what gender, age or race, that they're a cunt. And uh, they're <laughs> being a cunt specifically to me. Uh, and they're getting in my way and they're impeding my important day. So, um, and I'll pray that they get everything they want. Uh, and need, uh, which is hopefully a, uh, a fender bender or a head-on collision that doesn't involve my car. That's so, the thing ooh. about praying for what people deserve. It's got to be like what God thinks they deserve, not what yeah. we think they deserve. <laughs> hey, my higher power sometimes just thinks they deserve a whiplash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my, higher power, I'm, my higher power be like, they, hey, uh, AAA will be in the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so many comedians. My joke used to be because I worked like I worked in rehabs. I had like a job ass job. And like when I first got into comedy, I could walk into a club and look around the room and know who's had a job, who's not mm -hmm. had a job, who's had like life experience and who hasn't. Yep. And I think there's a lot of people that I might have like brouhaha curse to have like real life jobs <laughs> yeah 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 you could tell that with people by the by the shoes and how they shake your hand yeah. you know what i'm saying you could and i mean if they got ashy ass elbows i'm like this motherfucker doesn't care these he was like i've worked all these hours i'm not putting lotion on my ankles you know i'm taking the wife out i'm just trying to be out for a couple hours give me some jokes and i'm out you know some exactly people, you exactly know. or like when comics sort of treat it in a very strange way you're like oh you've never had like a job like right. you've never you, right you never had to worry about cutting the heat on through your oven you never had a bad day <laughs> heat on through your oven is you, fucking real that you never is had a bad day <laughs> You don't know about bread sandwiches? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Putting peanut butter on a tortilla. You don't Yo, know. <laughs> you don't know. 
You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. So many people just don't know. I'm like, oh, okay. That's what I'm so, like. Oh, you, you're privileged. Oh, this is a hobby. <laughs> right, right. You can, you, you do a comedy just because someone dared you. Okay, I got it. I got right, it. Right, right, right. And I think that's that's the way I do the like, this is what I think they deserve, you know? Yeah, yeah. Clock in, clean up, vomit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go to the shelter. Go to the shelter. Clean up the shelter. <laughs> the community needs you to build the shelter up. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. What What's about you? How you how you make decisions? Me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I used to... God, one through five... I have a magic eight ball that I shake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, flip a coin, uh, burn incense, uh, gut a chicken, look at the insides. Um, Rock scissors paper. Yeah. (laughs) No, I... I, You know, when I... My first, like... In my first couple years, I... um, would really externalize most of my decision making and most okay. of my emotional coping skills. And then mm-hmm. over time that, you know, those promises of like, you'll intuitively know that started to show up, but I always run it by, I have like a select group of women that have known me for, you know, 10, 20 years. And I, I just run it by them. And I, um, and I, you know, just make sure that I own my part in those decisions, you know, and, and sometimes, but I do struggle with decision-making. I used to have this problem. I would call it last meal ever syndrome. I would go into a restaurant and treat every meal I ever, it's scarcity mindset is what it is. I treat every meal. Like I would never eat at that restaurant again. And Mm. I would be overcome with fear. Zoloft helps. You know what I mean? Like Zoloft's been a huge (laughs) been a huge game changer in the decision-making process and also like surrendering to what I can and can't do. So like I've been training in martial arts over Skype since this thing started and I have a back injury. <laughs> I've been doing wait, it. I've been doing wait. it. Since, okay. Wait, I, I was telling you, you hurt yourself doing a tutorial online. <laughs> no, no, no. I've been doing karate since I had like 90 days. So I've been doing it for a long time and okay. I've got, I've got a black belt and I'm getting back into it, but I have back injury. And got the other it. day okay. I was doing okay. something and I was bent over and I sneezed again, the biggest nose. Right. So I sneezed. And oh, I threw my back out sneezing. <laughs> that's age right there, boo. <laughs> that's age right there. Just season. Exactly. If my bones could have sang 38, you know what I mean? <laughs> like just all at once, like that's what happened. And so I, oh, Lord. I had to make a decision, right? Do I go to class on Monday when I'm not moving very well and mm-hmm. possibly re-injure it? Do I go to class on Tuesday? Do I sit in my room on the bed or do I sit in my roommate's nice chair that gives me enough back support to sit. Do I, you know what I mean? So it's just all surrendering to the circumstances and then prioritizing what needs to happen. And usually a pro that's that sort of pro cons list approach. It, it yields a good response. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm very slow. Anna. I just peep. Is your ceiling a sky right now? Yeah. My, uh, my roommate bought this house from a Pixar animator so they fucking, fucking get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, tra- it's in the lone trailer park on the East side. It's in a bougie neighborhood. Okay. And she bought it for $50,000. Cause the animator was like, fuck the industry. I'm out. I'm out. Right. And yeah. And they gave her a discount. Cause she said, no, don't paint the walls. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's, about like, there's decision making right there. <laughs> she is really good at when I meet other people, like Dave's really good at decision making in a lot of ways. Mm. Like when I meet people <laughs> that are filter that filter information really quickly and they're just like they know what they want. I'm like, right. what's it like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I like the way, I mean, I'm just going on limb, but do I feel like the best way that I can describe how Dave evaluates making decisions is how is it going to make sense? Yeah. What is it going to make sense? And what is the end game here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying what is the end game here? Because are we really going to just bullshit? Like what's going to be the payoff? Yeah. I'm spiritually blacked out most of the time, guys. I hate to admit it. I, I am dr- I am drunk on the Lord. Uh, that's how I make my decisions. Like okay. Mike Pence and Amy Coney Barrett, man. The Lord's calling the shots. <laughs> Amen. Jesus, take the wheel and the shifter. Ah, what is uh, the most interesting thing that you've learned about in your yourself and your journey? Oh, that I'm 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 very fearful, angry. Mm. <laughs> Petty, gossipy. I'm really got a lot of fucking. Yeah, I just Wait, I was holding on you're, to. A, you're you're surprised by this? <laughs> no, I'm just when you, when you see shit on paper, you know what I'm saying? Because you when you just walking around, you thinking like, oh man, not that bad. I got that bad. But when you got fucking when you got a check mark by every time you're upset, you're like, bro, are you that upset on all these situations? You really fear that much shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah you totally. it's it's really really, you know it's. It's kind of like when you get the report card at school. You're like, oh, I thought I was doing well in school. And they were like, you failed everything. <laughs> you failed everything. Your parents were like, you've been going to school. Be like, yeah, I've been killing it. And then you get the report card and you just, you failed everything. How you failed gym? You're so active. You failed gym. You know, oh, I didn't dress funny. up. I've never heard the fourth step uh, referred to as a report card, but that's a very interesting take on it because mm-hmm. it it is a fact finding black and white ink on paper that you know some of us you know uh, and you, you've heard in meetings that you know I didn't have a resentment towards anybody. I you know, oh I was, I was cool that person. I was and, that person. Total denial. And then, get, and then you get the report card and you're like, I hate all these motherfuckers. I hate everyone. I hate everyone. I hate myself. I hate everything. That was the thing. I was like, you you forget. Like, I, I, I don't know if y'all had to do your four stuff several times, but, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm in LD and BD. So I, I told my sponsor, he was like, well, where are you on this list? I'm like, fuck, I got to go back and do it again. So, yeah, that was just that's just what it is. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, you just got to go through it. You got to go through it. And I would just realize that how upset I get. Like, we was joking and talking about. Uh, road rage, but yeah, I was I'm I was like David. I would like always trip when someone just cut me off. I would trip when someone just try to do anything, anything, yeah. and I just already immediately feel like I'm being under attack. So I'm either fearing because they're trying to take something away from me, or I'm angry because they're trying to take something away from me, or I'm just I'm just constantly in the in defense. You know, I'm the only child. I'm thinking that none of these motherfuckers like me or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just constantly on guard. And I realized I don't need to be like that because mm-hmm. the world doesn't revolve around me. The world doesn't revolve me around any of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just all very minuscule in, in this whole scope of life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think all those things take a lot of honesty, you know, and like I couldn't get honest with myself until I got sober. You know, 
like you you take you take the booze and the drugs away and like there's your conscious is there like that voice mm -hmm. that tells you like whether you're doing right or wrong it's like so that that voice starts coming back and then you have to ask yourself like how honest am i willing to be to not feel like shit anymore you know and i think that's a, a, a you know for me like in lieu of higher power sometimes you know i i look at it like Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness is a three-letter acronym that I can use in place for God, you mm -hmm. know. And it, how willing am I to be honest, is is what dictates how far I'm going to uh, go with this and how much I'm going to grow, you know. And with that little rant aside, like Mike, how honest are you with yourself and others? Oh, I'm as honest as I could possibly be because I feel at to the point like I never really did the whole. Uh, hiding my true feelings. I never try to be fake. I never did anything. So like doing this thorough inventory, I try to be as possibly uh, transparent, as parent as possible. Mm -hmm. I try to, I try to be as parent as possible with anything. And, you know, if something seemed like it's bothering me in a way, I would probably come up in a jokingly way because if I'm coming from a place where I'm really upset, I probably need to pause and wait to actually formulate my my thoughts and my words because they're probably gonna come off as like I'm just trying to attack somebody. But I'm like, no, I really have I'm really voicing my concern about a situation. Totally. And you know, I mean, I try to be on on a on a regular, on a regular, on a daily basis. You know, I try to be honest with with anything and everything. And that's why I'm, you know, if I feel like, oh, I've got it now, I'm cured. I, I can go out and drink socially. I can try to have some smoke. I'll go back and I'll read where my bottom was. I'll go back and read all my, my four step. I'll go back and be like, no, this, you, you're fucking trip. That's why we, we earlier talked about going to therapy. I'm mm -hmm. like, I love you think like both of y'all motherfuckers go to therapy. I don't need, I don't even mean to put that out there. Yeah, like, no, we talk about it I'm all like, the time. And I'm like, yo, I need to fucking have a moment and go to therapy. Like my girl, her mother had passed away and I'm like, yo, you need to fucking probably go to therapy. You know, you need to have to talk it out. And that's really what I think that's what the, uh, the help of having therapy, talking to a sponsor, talking to a good friend. Cause you, if you have, and us being on stage, that really helps talk out what it's really at and get it and actually someone yep. feedback either it's someone talking to a friend they could give you re feedback or if you're performing and they just laughing like oh yeah that, i was on the right path with that i was right you get a, a certain response absolutely absolutely yeah there is a sort of i guess that is a can because i always get a little bunchy when people compare therapy to um to to stand up but i think the way that you just did it was accurate is that you're getting feedback on your thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, now the kind of feedback you get from an audience versus the kind of feedback you get from a therapist is completely different. So if, if I mean, I've bombed, I've bombed in front of my therapist before, so it's pretty similar. <laughs> I I have a conversation. And you, and you, you paid them. You you was paid them. You paid them to bomb in front of your therapist. Yes, yes, we've, yes. All, we've all done pay to play mics. Yes, yes, yes. It is fun when you can get your therapist to laugh. That is a very. That's like a nice like. I'm better. sure. I'm sure. But like, especially if you're like, ha ha, I didn't even play. I'm just improvising with that one. You know, I'm like, call back. You know, I'm just playing around with you. You know, I even playing on that one. Exactly. On I'm just naturally funny. I love it. I love it. How do you, you talked a lot about fear. Mm -hmm. How do you experience fear and anxiety? Mm. 
with anything that I don't want to do. I feel that's immediately fear. When Dave yeah. asked me to uh, to speak, and he was like, "Do my want to do my podcast?" Immediately, I kind of felt a little like, "Oh shit!" I don't know. And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, with the program, I immediately, of course, I want to do it." And then yeah. I thought, it's just kind of like with any time I get booked for anything, or anyone asks me to speak at a meeting, or any, I have that small inkling, like, "Oh shit, do we really want to do that?" Or what are they? No, more or less, what are they going to expect for me to do, or how I'm going to do it? I hope I say the right things. I hope I be able to. And then I just got in my mind, and then I talked to other people. It was like, "Yeah, they got me speaking at this meeting. What am I supposed to do?" And they were like, "Talk to the person that has less time than you." Yeah. You're there for the person that's that's. And then Dave was like, "Yo, you just gonna do my podcast?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm fucking talking to you, so I'm kind of doing the same thing I do on the phone. So I'm just gonna do it with Zoom and one other yeah. one. I mean, you brought a female to the mix. I'm like, I'm with that. So mm-hmm. you know, we could put another dude up in here. I mean, I feel away, but we got a lady up in here, Anna. I'm like, oh, this is this makes things a lot easier, you know. And yeah, when I have yeah, a lot also, of. We, we- we get a lot of no's because it's just like it's it's for whatever reason, you know, be it mm-hmm. uh, traditions or principles or be it just, uh, you know, putting yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we do a great job about protecting anonymity from a per- professional standpoint. But like mm-hmm. some people don't want to put themselves out there like mm-hmm. this. Right. Like this goes out to the 72 people that listen. That's right. not true. There's more. There's way more than seventy-two. Don't do that. But also tell your friends. We'd like more people. To <laughs> I will share. I will just give me the link. I'll share it too. I'll be like, thank oh, you. you. Know, I'll let everyone know. I let my pop know in North Carolina. I'm doing a podcast, so you should yeah, just go that's ahead great. and tune be in. like, hey, d- be like, hey, pop, you got to listen. I talked about how much fucking pussy you're getting from Miss Phyllis. <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, I mean, with 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 fear, like I said, a lot of things I would have a lot of built up like oh anxiety, and then when I fucking go through it it's kind of like riding the roller coaster you, you got all the anxiety you see everyone on the drop well oh my god you you still want to do it but you're like i don't know you get in line all that anxiety is building up while you're in line and then you get strapped in and you're on that first drop or whatever you're like this shit is bad this is awesome I'm like you immediately have a great time it's already over it's more and that's what i was talking today months ago is like the 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 crazy scenario that I had in my head as as creative as I think I will be it never comes to fruition of the reality it's never going to be the reality of what I thought it was going to be I thought I was going to you know I've recently like I said I'm back home in St. Louis I talked to a guy that I ain't talked to since back in the back in the back in the day when I was on some on some you know drug dealing and all that type of shit and he tried to get me to do he'd asked me to do a a business venture on some on some drug shit and I kind of didn't know how I wanted to tell him that I don't do that shit because mm-hmm. I felt like, well, we're not going to be cool anymore. We're not going to be friends. I'm like, no, I just need to tell you. I'm like, no, I'm, I don't fuck around with him no more. I don't do that yeah. shit no more. You know, I've got other things. Going. I think I've done television. You know what I'm saying? I've done other things. You know, I've done other things like that. I've done more things. I'm trying to yeah. do jokes. I'm trying to do jokes. I'm not trying to sell bags. What the fuck are you talking about right here? You know what I'm saying? So, and when he responded back, it was so like, oh, okay, cool. And I had this scenario in my head that it was going to be way bigger. He's going to pull up to the house and da-da-da-da, fuck your baby mama, da-da-da. It's going to, you know, west side till we die. I thought he was going to be hitting him up. You know, I thought it was going to be just ridiculous. And I was like, there's nothing. And maybe he's going through the program because that's completely opposite of what I thought he would respond to. So, yeah, with anything with fear, go through it and 
it'll probably be never as bad as you thought it would be. My gosh, Mike, you're killing this podcast. Do you know that? You're killing this podcast. Well, you've only had like three guests, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you've done your research. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to squeeze in one more question before I have to go and Dave, okay. you have your men's meeting without me. Um, what? Oh, yes. What is your... Um, uh, what is the defect that you're working on the most right now? The thing one you're working on? Defects, it was like, well, I know kind of the question is like one of the character defects that I had the most and what I kind of miss. Mm-hmm. I miss being petty. I miss being petty. <laughs> I miss being petty. I miss being gossipy. I miss, you yes. know, and I miss, I miss those things. I miss those things. I mean, I still, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. I still do yeah. it a little bit, you know, but I don't do it as, thorough as I used to it be. It doesn't feel as good as it used <laughs> I don't, to, too. Oh, no. Yeah. Trying to sit on somebody. Oh, God. I missed it. I'm like, like I said, though, back with the text message, motherfuckers helping each other move and not helping me move. I wanted to be so petty. Yeah. But I was like, yo, I'm better than that shit. I'm better than that shit. And the adult in me was like, you know what? Let me just remove myself from the situation completely. So I won't even have to deal with that because mm-hmm. there's so many other people in the world I could be giving my time to. Why would I bother with this time? And I'm constantly being upset dealing with these group of folks. I could just be with a whole different group of folks and I won't even have any problem. They're appreciating. They're, they're, they're giving me what I've given back. They're reciprocating all the things that I'm giving them. I'm giving them love. They're giving me love back. So that's, I'm, I'm, I low-key miss that gossiping and I miss getting really upset about shit. I mean, I never really like, yes. I never did like, the, I never did like, uh, the, the, you know, in the movies, they are like, they slam shit around. They throw the, I miss slamming doors a little bit. You know, I miss, I miss fighting with my girl. I miss, you know, just yes. picking fights. I miss picking fights, you know, and, but I don't do it no more. <laughs> I love that. There needs to be at a theme park. There needs to be a ride called just freaking out. Yeah. And like where you can slam doors and throw dishes. Yeah. And tells it to, like, they, a pr- they have those. They have smash rooms where you go there in you and go. pay a fee and they give you a bat and you go fucking ham on like a car or windows or appliances and shit. Like, I mean, construction. Yeah, you get a get a hammer and fucking go in. Yeah, I, I shoot guns. It, it, I go to the gun de- range. That's what I do. To yeah, get yeah. It is. God, it is definitely white people shit. It is one hundred percent white people shit. Like we we need to break shit. You know. Right. But like I, I, I honestly, th- those feelings still exist for me. But the expiration is much faster. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know where like the expiration date on the the petty milk used to last like a month. Oh. You know. But I now it's just like, day. I got pettiness on layaway. I yeah. <laughs> pull that shit up later on. <laughs> yeah. My and, one and now way. it's like a few days. That's what I'll get. Yeah. My one way of exercising pettiness today is every television show that's ever interviewed me to write for them mm-hmm. to um, to be a, a an actor on or any network that's interviewed me to be like a host on. Quibby. Um, <laughs> every single one of them has been canceled. <laughs> and so I'm like, that's my one way of being petty of being like, you pass on Valenzuela. 
Hey, there it is. There this is what is. happens. It's a matter of time. Your clock is ticking. Yeah, as, as what they say in Mandalorian, this is the way. This, <laughs> this is, is the way. The way. I didn't make the, the rule. This I didn't make the, the rule. way. Two you had this greatness. <laughs> exactly. Two times is a trend. Three times is a pattern. Festivals, you're on notice now. You're on notice. <laughs> you put yourselves on cancel culture. Exactly. <laughs> you cancel yourself. You cancel yourself, son. Exactly. You did this to yourself. And with that, I have to go, Mike. I just, I wish I could stay for this whole podcast because you are a delight and we need to have you back on. You're a goddamn delight. I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll follow you on Instagram. I'll follow you back. I'm, I'm petty like that. I'm just, <laughs> but yeah, I'll follow you on Instagram. Yes. Michael, Mike Jones. And I'll, I'm, I'll get you info from day. Same, same, same. Okay, boys. Have Enjoy a great therapy. rest. I will. <laughs> make, okay. make them laugh, though. Make them laugh, then cry. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I cry. She laughs. It's great. Uh, there you go. <laughs> That's what you pay for. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, so you got a female. Oh, she's gone. I was like, so. Yeah, she did. She's gone. Wait, so was, I'm here. I'm here. No, I was gonna say uh, you had a female uh, therapist. Is it yes. like that? Because I'm, I'm all I know is like Tony Soprano. I'm like, do you have to have the same sex, or is it best to? No, no okay. you don't. You can have unless you, can you have got an, issues. Yeah, you can have an opposite sex therapist. My therapist is not only she special. What I look for is somebody who deals with early childhood trauma and who can do specialized therapy like cognitive behavioral therapy because Mm -hmm. i've been doing therapy for a few years now and um so you know what it is that you're looking for one to one yeah she's from chile which is really funny and so my dude's name is Stuart, and she can't really say it with her accent so she calls him esti and it's the cutest shit that's so cute that's so (laughs) cute that's so cute right oh yeah i just had that quick question i was like most girls don't want male gynecologists. I wanted the same thing with fucking therapists. So yeah, I would have. Yeah, that's I, that's actually true. I had a male gynecologist through Planned Parenthood for a real long time that looked like the cook from an 1800s chuck wagon. Like he was the most upsetting person. I, yeah. <laughs> like he had like a hook and like weird shit coming off his face. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> but when he's dealing with medieval beef curtains, it kind of. <laughs> That's that's true. You can work with that. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I also was the chuck wagon. So anyway, (laughs) you guys are delightful. Have a great rest of your love you. Have a great rest of your pod. All right. Yeah, we're doing it. We're we're landing the plane. All right, finally. Now it's just now it's just the dicks in this bitch. Yeah, now (laughs) it's turned into a men's stag. (laughs) And then there were two. Um, Yeah, and then we get into the sappy shit. Like, uh, how do you experience forgiveness, Michael? How I experience forgiveness. Um, I think I experience it through feeling, getting serenity. And I I experience it by feeling at calm with something. Whereas I have a lot of uh, like bent up anxiety about something. And then I would do something where I feel like, all right, it's done. Okay, it's done. I'm at peace. I've said everything. They've said everything. And that's it. And I'm at peace with that because I would feel like there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to do. Everything else has been addressed. Everything has been addressed. Everything has been addressed. Everything is clear. And I don't have any more questions about it. So I would be at peace with that. Yeah, it's one of those things, too, that I was talking about it with someone. Um, and I forgive because I want to sleep at night. There you go. You know, I mean, as mildly selfish as that might seem, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think there's many roads to get there, but at the end of the day, like I'm the one that's got to put my head down in the pillow. Exactly. You know? And so, which is interesting, like the, the forgiveness for me, like I, I'm more quick to forgive people than I am myself sometimes. Well, you are always your toughest critic. No, yeah. Just like, yeah, just like if I'm late to something, mm-hmm. like I will beat myself up over it for hours instead right. of being, instead of being like, oh, you had this and then you had a fucking screw in your tire. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, it's crazy. But also, like, I don't know if you've had this, but like recently someone made a Facebook group for our graduating class. <laughs> really? And it's, and, and everybody's been really enjoying it, like catching up and sharing pictures and shit. Mm-hmm. And like, I made a post. I'm like, hey, y'all, like, high school might not have been awesome for everybody, you know? Uh, Hell on. Like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I was high and drunk most of the time. And I said this publicly. I said, so if there's anybody that I may have made life difficult for, please feel free to message me so I can attempt to make it right. There you go. You know? And, uh, you know, because I couldn't remember if there was anybody like, cause I legit was drunk and high in high school, you know, that's why I was called uh, high school. I would drink moonshine before class, Mike. Oh, jeez, <laughs> Now I, I was just smoking some weed and, you know, catching a couple well, of things, you know, but well, I, did, I, wouldn't. I, I did that. T- me, me and my buddy, John, we drank moonshine at seven in the morning before class one day. Ooh. And like, I don't remember most of the day, but then I was hung over like at like eighth period. Of course. I remember people talking in the hallways like, did you hear about that drunk kid earlier? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and that's just that's just a testament what kind of school you get because you went through the whole class. You went the whole day. You went the whole day and no one kicked you out. They were like, oh, well, there's already making rumors about it. You hear about the drunk kid? He's right here. He's, he's still here. Yeah. He didn't get kicked a, out. I was a functioning alcoholic at 17. Um, <laughs> but so, so like, I, I propose that question not only for me, though, but, like, I don't you don't think, and because we're talking about forgiveness, like, I don't think I carry a mass amount of resentments, yeah. you know? But, like, there was definitely some names that I saw pop up in that group. It made you feel a way. Well, and I remembered that they were shitty to me, 100%. Right. So, like... In or I was just trying. I, I I knew that there was a potential that I might have done something, or said something to hurt someone, and I wanted to leave it open for that. But also, like I kind of wanted to like lead by example, and let people know that you know, like you don't have to be friends with everybody. You know, like True. don't let this like 2004 graduating class group make you relive some shit. Right. You know, and it was interesting to read a lot of the comments of people like, oh man, I hope no one you know, feels bad about some shit from uh, 15 years ago, 16 years ago now. And in my head, I'm like, oh, girl, like, what are you telling me? You don't get, you don't, you don't got resentments from 16 years ago? I'm I'm sure. Right. If you ain't got it in check. (laughs) What kind of normal, what kind of normal brain do you got? You know? Exactly. Um, Exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, though, it's kind of like a more will be revealed scenario, Mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, when, once I felt some type of way when I saw some of those names, I mean, this might sound stupid or cocky, but I was like, oh, y'all still live back in the hometown, and you got three kids, you know? Like, that's, I, I should have no bad feelings towards you, you know? Like, right. you're, you're doing the best you can where you are, 
and I've got expendable income and I can go surf, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm do- I'm, be- you see what I'm doing and you know, you're just living the normal life. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, I'm not saying like I'm better than, cause it's, I'm not, it's just, you reach an acceptance where like these people right. are where they're at, you're where you're at and, you know, carrying any kind of feelings or resentments towards any of those people from back in the day. I mean, it serves nobody. But right. it was funny. Like the, some of those people were just like, "Oh, I hope no one's pissed about something from 16 years ago." Exactly. And I'm like, the fact that they couldn't fathom that anybody would be. Would. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man. That's. I guess that's how a normal brain works. Because I have. I felt some type of way. Mm-hmm. But like, it wasn't enough feelings to like drive the boat. Right. You know? And I. And I of think course. that's what you know. Forgiveness of self also ties in with. It's just like you're gonna feel some type of way. <clears throat> Right. But how, like how how powerful those feelings are right. is, is is dependent on how quickly I'm willing to forgive in the moment or to mm-hmm. forgive me for even feeling bad because that's sometimes too like where you'll you'll get the spiritual giantess or spiritual giantism in your head like how how dare I feel some type of way about some shit exactly you know what what where once you come around the program for long enough and you learn that you know better way. Uh, oftentimes I won't let myself feel because I feel like I should be beyond, right. you know, that petty emotion. But there's also, I mean, we both similar from a, uh, come from a similar place. You know, we're with Midwest and we go out and pursue what it is that we do. And there's other people that will, I'm sure you've had it. I've had it multiple times where people be like, yeah, I wish I was able to do the things you're doing. Not necessarily your particular walk in life with comedy, but just able to do whatever they want to do because they got held into the family life and just having kids. So they resorted just to have that baby and they never left the town and they just stayed in their little small lane, which is great, which is awesome, which is great to do. Yeah. But they've also expressed that they wish they would have done more with their lives. And that's that's kind of like, yo, I don't have any resentment towards you because I'm good where I'm at. And, you know, like they said, uh, having a resentment is uh, letting someone live in your head free. Yeah. And two, uh, to be quite honest, in certain moments, there is like, it's like, man, like I pay more in rent than most people do in mortgage, you know, like, like it's, so it's the same thing. Like where people say, well, I wish I could do what you do. And it's like, yeah, well, I also, sometimes I wish I had the comfort of like parking anywhere. I wish I had a left turn signal. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, The day to day, like just consistency, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm super grateful to do what it is that I do, but it is, it is a fucking, it is a wild choice to make. Yeah, it's a balance. It's a different balance. You know, it's the pros and cons. Like, what are the things that you like? I mean, do I wish I would have kids? Yeah, that's cool. But I'm glad I didn't because I was able to travel anytime I want, get up and go and do the things because I wouldn't be able to do that. And I wouldn't put that type of burden on a child or on my wife so her be like hey just take care of this and i'm gonna be out of here and that's just not the way it's supposed to be right and i think there's a certain midwestern mentality uh, i mean and this probably exists outside of the midwest as well but it's just like i would never want to give a kid less than i had in life Bingo. you know like so like if i wasn't able to give a child for me minimum of what my mom and dad did for me then it's like it didn't seem responsible to like let that happen well you know 
No, Michael brain. Jackson said it. You can't pay the baby. Don't have the baby. <laughs> can't afford the baby. Don't have the baby. You know, so, yeah. You know, and so, I mean, it is like there is a certain way of life that the Midwest uh, does to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not taking away from any of the coasts or the south or anything like that. But it's just like we drank to live and we let, live to drink in the Midwest. You work hard, you drink hard, you smoke hard. You know, uh, I, I, I do a joke about Midwestern meditation being just staring into a bonfire, you know, that's like, it. That's, drink and stare at fire. That's that's, that's how we dealt. <laughs> and up till recently, when I started meditating, I was like, oh, that's not how you meditate. <laughs> I was like, oh, right? it's so, you clear your mind. Oh, OK, I got it. I got it. I thought you just be quiet. You just stare at something. Yeah. But, you know, but that I mean, having a concept of what like a. A, a, an investigatory spiritual life can be, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't hold any secular thing, you know, per se, but like, I think that allows me to experience forgiveness and also to, um, you know, make amends, which, you know, pops into that next question. Uh, Mike, what's been the most surprising amends or apology, either that you've been given or that you've had to make? Uh, I got a couple of them. Uh, there's been times where I made amends to people in this industry that we're both in. And I was like, just the minimum, like even talking about my character deface where I would gossip about somebody. And like when I was doing thorough, I was thoroughly with my inventory and I've gossiped about people that they never even heard that I talked about. And I was like, yo, I talk shit behind your back to this person. I know they didn't tell you, but I want to make amends to you. And they were like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I didn't even know that. And let me make an amends back to you. And there's been times where people made amends back to me, like this guy that I cut off from back back in the day. And he had did some shit to my car and just he was just a shitty person. And I had a lot of resentment towards him. So I was like, let me go ahead and make an amends to him because I'm I was those type of people. If I see his name in like social media or something, I feel away. And I'm like, no, I need to fucking put this out in the universe. I need to get rid of this feeling. So I made amends to him and he made amends back to me. So I was like, I was surprised to that. I was surprised at that. And one of probably the biggest amends I made was to my mom after she had passed because I had a resentment towards her for leaving me and, and dying. And, you know, as selfish that is, I still had to make amends and I wrote a letter to her and I put it in the mailbox addressed to heaven. Cause I'm sure that's where she went. And, you know, I didn't get the I didn't get a return to sender, so I'm sure she yeah. got it. And you know, and that that was it. That was that was that. So yeah, I mean that was that was very interesting to me to do to make you know making amends to someone that's no longer here. Yeah, that is uh, that's a that's a weird uh, a weird plane to navigate. And you know, luckily people in the program, wherever you choose, or just whoever you choose to surround yourself with, that's a. Uh, that's an unfortunate feeling that awaits everybody. And some mm-hmm. of us experience it quicker than others. Some of us, like Anna, you know, has experienced both parents right. passing away. Me with my father, you with your mother. And that is a that is a pain that changes you on a molecular level, you know. And this is not to take away anybody's feelings who's had parents that weren't necessarily great right. parents, you know. Um but like when someone tries to say, well, I wish I had a dad, it's like, well, yeah, motherfucker. Well, I did. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish your pain uh, because you had a dad that was non-existent in your exactly. life. Like that's, that sucks. Like I, I feel for you, but that's not my experience. Like I, I had a good one. A great one. Right. You know? Yeah. Like I, I had, I had a one that like is why I am who I am, 
you know, right. and, and and that's and that's the realness, you know, like so, making amends and 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 receiving amends and yeah, that is the surprising thing when like you go in and you just want to clean your side of the street and then that person tries to clean theirs, you know, um, it's it's like holy shit, wait a minute, hold on, no no no, this was supposed to be this, this but, should be about me. Yeah. <laughs> it should be about right. me, but now, now you know, you, me, and you make the joke about people trying to outservice each other. Yeah. Someone says, "Oh, I need a ride." Like, "Oh, I give you a ride." Oh, I give you a ride. I'm going, you know, and you're trying to like out amends each other, like you know, yeah. like, well, I, I've I've been sitting on this amend for 17 years. Now I've come to you and tell you about it, and you just so happen to want to make amends on me right then in this moment. Okay, well, yeah. better late than never. I'll take it. Well, yeah, and then then you have to think: Is that the higher power checking your ego? Like, why are you exactly? Doing, you know, this is it's not it's not. Uh, as an alcoholic, sometimes I feel like it's me, 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 I, I, mm-hmm. I, and and it's constant work with either amends or forgiveness or steps or it's changing the me, me, me to we, we, we. You got to check your motives. Always got to check your motives. Yeah, man. And and with that, what does your spiritual practice look like day to day? I know I am sometimes the recipient of a of a of a good Mike Anthony uh, good morning <laughs> t- team Hodo uh, spir- spiritual thread. But what do you do on a regular basis? Oh, on a regular basis, like I said earlier, you know, I wake up, I get, I hit my knees, and I pray. And sometimes I'm praying for other people, praying that they get the things that they want. I'm praying that, you know, like I'm praying just like today, like I send a gratitude list and um, I send gratitude lists to people that I know that are very grateful for things. And I know I send a gratitude list to people that are kind of going through it just to remind them. Yeah. I mean, granted, you're going through it, but you still have you still woke up today. You still have all your fingers. You, you still have these things going on. So I'm constantly like I said, I'm constantly sending threads to you guys, uh, the readings praying, meditating, not just standing into a fire, but actually just trying to clear my mind for the next 10 minutes and not think of anything. Just completely deep detach. Just completely yeah. detached. So I try to do that on a daily basis. So normally and um and 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 check in. Check in with you, check in with a couple of people that's I know that's up and some people that's down. I check in with everybody, people I haven't talked to in a while. I just check in and not even just people in the program, I check in with people in family, people I haven't talked to. So I just constantly trying to humble myself to get on that phone and make some phone calls or at least text somebody and just check on them. Like, hey, how are you? You good? And that usually works. Yeah, I think it's the action behind it. I think it's the the constant um, conscious with just other human beings. Because, you know, we live in a world, especially with social media and stuff, that, mm-hmm. you know, you have access to everything and yet you feel like you're the only one on the planet. So I right. think just as, just as much as reaching out to other people helps them, it's the, it, it, the flip side is it helps me. And it's like, uh, you know, when I get a chance to just listen to someone else's problems, I sometimes won't even bring up my own. Because sometimes because- we'll, they will out problem you <laughs> and that's why you call you call them to tell about the not the nail in your tire and they're fucking dealing with a family member that's really going through it and they're like oh well i could just patch up my tire yeah 
someone said this once uh, back in the day at a meeting that good thing we're not all fucked up at the exact same time. Boom, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So we can each carry each other when they're all going through something, you know, because, you know, yeah, man. that's just having a strong team. When someone's falling off, you can always pull them back up. And when when you're down, they can pull you back up. That's having a strong circle of friends. That's having a strong circle of team. That's why I call y'all my sober soldiers because we're all trudging this road of happy destiny. <laughs> yeah, it went from no limit soldiers to uh, spiritual soldiers. <laughs> spiritual soldiers. I thought I told you. <laughs> Stuck on the 405. <laughs> Instead of 504 boys. I'm about about it. I mean, uh, I, I know... Uh, we spoke of higher power just a little bit, but like what, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you, if you could in short, tell us what's your relationship with your higher power, if you have one. And uh, I, I always say, I always say that too, because like, it's not a requirement to be sober, to have one. Right. You know, uh, I think it's a requirement to be seeking something yes, bigger than something. you. And I feel that too. Cause I've seen like some guys, I mean, you know, some guys and we know that they're struggling and I want to say part of the reason they're struggling is because they're not trying to, not only they're not um, uh, surrendering, but they're also not searching for a higher power. They don't believe it or don't understand it. And my higher power, just because I get bored easily with things, my higher power switches on on a dime. Sometimes my higher power could be this podcast. My higher power a couple months ago was Southwest. So sometimes my power power is just something greater than me. It's just something bigger than me, something that can take care of me. And my higher power is kind of, I mean, sometimes my higher power could be a great meeting. It could be the group of drunks. My higher power can be anything. And I'm constantly checking in with that on a daily because I know that I wouldn't have these 16 months sober without believing in something. Yeah, I think the the act of seeking is 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 for me something that I have fallen short of sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the beginning, like first couple of years, like you know, it was easy to like turn my will over and stuff like that. But then you know, as the years go on, you know, sometimes you take that shit back, or sometimes you don't. You know. Um, feel like you need the higher power and it's like i'm always a big advocate for leaving that space as wide open as possible for people because i needed it to be for me like absolutely like where i say the you know i i mean i talked to someone recently who you know said that they you know they hadn't drank in four years and um but they don't do aa because of the god thing you know and, you know, regardless of if you do program or not, you know, there's more than one way to get s- sober. But, Facts. you know, I, 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 I just encourage them that it's just like it's unfortunate that people have this like idea of a 12 step organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you choose to do it or not, that the only reason you wouldn't do it is because of the God word. Right. You know, so and for me, majority of the time, it just means good orderly direction or group of drunks. Or- and it was funny that you said that. I just started reading this book. I mean, you probably heard about the book, The Artist's Way. It's a yeah. writer handbook. That's exact time. I mean, maybe because she went through recovery, but she's talking about, yeah, good orderly direction. And that's usually what it is. I mean, even if you're agnostic or whatever, like I said, we agnostics, 
you know, there's a chapter devoted to people that don't believe in God. In, in God. So, you know, don't get hung up on the words, you know, and that's one thing that people get hung up on the words and they, I think those are the people that sometimes are already on their way out. They already got half their foot out of the program. So you hit them with that word, they could just take both steps. They're looking for excuse not to follow direction. Sure. And, and but also too, I, I, I make it very clear to people that you can fucking hate the idea of God and the higher power and still stay sober because right. I have been and will continue to fall into that, that little pit uh, and be okay. Uh, yeah. I could I, I could have both middle fingers to the sky and still stay sober. Yeah, you know, and, and but but that's just that's just my story. That's that would right, be right. my truth. I don't know what it's going to take for anybody, but I definitely want the spiritual aspect of what it is that we talk about either here on this podcast or, you know, if I just so happen to be you know in in twelve step recovery, like mm-hmm. I, I want that idea to be as all encompassing as it's supposed to be. Or, I don't want the idea of a higher power to be narrow or secular you know it's like if this is supposed to be an all-knowing all-powerful energy being however you want to describe it that the the door should be so wide right that anybody can step through it exactly and and I i think more people need to be conscious about that when they share about what a higher power means is Mm -hmm. is that that it is it is so inclusive it's so inclusive that you can fucking hate it and still be okay. Yeah. Obviously, like, like you said, there's people that's sober and that they hate God, but they yeah. still come to meetings. They still understand it. But that's just what it is because they believe in that there's something better than themselves keeping them sober. Yeah, man. I mean, you could, I, I, you, know, you could believe in science as your higher power. You know, that's a completely 100% okay thing to do. Tesla, Tesla could be your higher power. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I, you know, I've I've experienced people with strong religious beliefs mm-hmm. never tell me what to believe in. Those are the best ones to listen to. Yeah. yeah, I knew I knew a dude who his story is that he was dying of alcoholism, and he prayed for Jesus Christ to save him, and he appeared outside of his window. Okay, now. I've eaten tons of LSD, you know? So, I mean, I, I am, I'm a, it's more fun to believe than not believe person. Absolutely. But that he, he never expected me to believe him, Mm -hmm. feel that he was telling me the truth or not. Like it was a very open to interpretation. I, you know, and I think the camaraderie and the fellowship of one, uh, one alcoholic helping another, or one addict helping another, like just that, the love and, and the service is a right. sufficient higher power at certain times, you know, and, and being okay with what everybody else believes in and not having to fucking, you know, uh, wedge my belief system into anybody's life, you know? Absolutely. Well, we reached the end uh, and, and, and it's been a goddamn delight to talk to you. Absolutely. I always love chopping it up with you. And, you know, if I can get to talk to you for an hour and look at you, it's a win-win for me. So, oh, well, look at that. So kind. <laughs> 16 months. So <laughs> you may so change spiritual. the next 16. Check back with me another 16. You know? <laughs> oh, it's going to change. <laughs> uh, our last question is, uh, is uh, what would you tell someone just like you? 
listening right now? I would tell them um, if you fear, if anything, do that shit. If there's something that's bothering you, do it. If there's something you don't want to do, do it because you're going to feel so much better once you got it done, once you went through that, once you got through that bullshit, whatever what it is, just get through it because it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You know, they say that the Lord is not going to give you anything that you can't handle. Even if it's something that you can't handle, you'll be able to get through it. And when you do get through it, you'll be like, you'll be stronger. You'll be so much stronger that you did get through it. And you're like, I can't believe I got through it. What's next? What's next? What's going to be the next thing? And then you just start being the conquering your own destiny and you just start accomplishing more things and that's just going to build you and make you stronger so you know if there's anything that you're scared of fear of or don't want to do do it because every time i've done something that i didn't want to do it i put it off and i finally did it i felt you know i felt like thanos you know so i felt great i felt great i was like i could take one snap <laughs> i can make all this happen Mike felt like a fucking nerd. That's how he was going to <laughs> I felt like a nerd. And yeah. we know how nerds are these days. They rule the fucking yeah. world. <laughs> That's right. Well, we, we, we done did the deal. Uh, and uh, how we, uh, we, we, we close it out uh, every episode, we, we say, how can people find you, Mike? Like, where, where can people see you? Oh, you can tw- find me. Tweets? I'm, I'm a regular at Deerberg's. You can find me at Ralph's. I'm constantly uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, Michael Anthony. Uh, I got a channel on YouTube, Michael Anthony Comedy, uh, and you can uh, find me on Instagram. I'm friends with Dave at the Real Mike Jones at the Real M Y K E Jones. Yeah, Ooh. there we go. And <laughs> then you can uh, find me at at Yates Comedy Y A T E S on Instagram and Twitter. You can find this podcast at Twelve Q Pod. Uh, you can send us an email if you have any questions or if there's someone you'd like to see us interview at Twelve Q Pod at Gmail dot com. And please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're hearing this right now, it it, it is uh, crucial. Uh, I know it sounds like something silly that podcasts say for no reason but they will throttle uh the visibility if if y'all don't uh like and review even if it's not a great review i think it i think it it just works where like the more people that are interacting with us the more chance that we can get this message out to people that someone might need it so if if you enjoyed listening to uh myself uh anna and mike you leave us a review because uh, that really helps. Uh, so at 12QPod, follow, review, all the platforms. And uh, how Anna usually starts the ending of this uh, is if no one's told you today, Mike, we love you. <laughs> we love you too, man. I love you guys too. I mean, God damn it, and I'm smart enough, and I'm good enough, yeah. and I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And if you're listening at this point on behalf of Miss Anna Valenzuela and myself, uh, we appreciate you and we love you. So thanks for listening, everybody. Peace. Deuces. Thank mm-hmm. you.